Yeah, it's Draco McCoy, Bleed Not Podcast. I'm back with another episode, episode 27. And um, I really just want to use this space to shout out to homies real quick, man. If y'all ever in Indianapolis, Indiana, y'all need a tattoo, you want to get tatted real quick. Feel me something light, don't matter the style. And it's, it's always got some bread, man. Holla at my boy Adam Wallenberg. Adam Wallenberg. He's on Instagram. He's done all my tattoos. It's like two of them. And uh, yeah, man, he's one of my favorite artists in the world, for real. Um, he work at Masterwork Tattoo. And shit, man, everybody up there do good work. So you fuck with anybody in that building, you'll, you'll be fine. Fuck around. So yeah, man, follow my boy Adam. Uh, if y'all trying to get tatted up real quick, man, at any point, man, just don't, you feel me? Don't be weird and flaky. None of that weird shit. Just tell him Draco McCoy sent you and be for real. Goddamn. Um, also, if you need some beats, let's say you're a rapping ass nigga, right? Boom, you're a young nigga. Man, you're an old nigga. And you got some money. You know, this is the key words here, man. You got some money. And uh, you trying to get some beats, man. For my boy Black Youth, man. B L K Y T H, man. That's my brother, man. My 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 twins, my my twin, my that's my dog, man. For real, I love him. And uh, he gets you right, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Uh, Black Youth always come through. He did my whole last album, uh, Half Dead Pariah, except for like one and a half songs on that motherfucker. And we had countless hits over these years, so that's always gonna be my boy. And uh, man, he got beats, so fuck with him. Uh, also, shout out to my boy Joe Dirt, been working with him a lot at Joe Dirt Music. Man, we got some hits, I'm not gonna lie to you. And he be doing mixing and mastering, so if y'all need any of that shit, you know, you need beats, man, or you got some shit you already made and you just don't know what the fuck you're doing with it, man. Send it to my boy Joe Dirt. He'll get you right. Get the mixes off the kid. Uh, also, my boy Matt Reefler is another option if you're trying to get some mixing and mastering done. Um, or even, you feel me, tap in a recorder session, man. Matt Reefler is a wizard in his own right. That's all I got. I don't really got nothing else to plug today. Uh, I just want y'all to uh, be nice people, man. Be good to yourself. Tell somebody you love them today. And um, enjoy this episode of Bleeding Out Podcast. And so in three, two, one. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Strike on this motherfucker, bleeding out all over the motherfucking place. You feel me? Uh, figuratively, not literally. And I have uh, two great, uh, very inspirational people in my life right now in front of me. I got uh, Burke Visuals, my boy Burke, and I got Vic over here, um, two owners of. World famous hot boys. How y'all feeling, man? That's right. We out here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, stoked to be here, bro. Of course. Stoked bro. to be in Indy too, you know? I'm glad to see you here, man. I've been seeing you around so much. Lately. Yeah. It's like I thought you was gonna move back or something. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've I mean, about I, it. yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say we thought of we were plotting on getting a little like loft spot on Fountain Square just to like <laughs> Because hey. we, you know, we plan on, on being around a bit, so. It's a good place to be, man. Yeah. I like it here a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's like, uh, every time I go other places, I be kind of missing it here, bro. Yeah. Or I be like, at least trying to find something that feel close enough, you know? Sure. It's just one of those places, man. I love it in Andy. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back. Thanks, man. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what, like, drew us to Fountain Square is it's got vibes like other places that we live and have spent time and you know it's yeah we were yeah. just having that conversation with a couple indie locals for lunch earlier today where it was like yeah man fountain has this interesting atmosphere it's kind of like it's almost like oakland and it's also almost a lot like like east nashville that's tight which is kind of that's where you know Burke yeah. spent college and oh, really? it's kind of like where yeah we i got went to from. school just outside of nashville but that's crazy. Lived in the, in that area for a long time, and 
kind of, I was doing a lot of music stuff in that scene mm-hmm. um, for like seven years, you know, so. I got a lot of family out in Nashville, and it's crazy because I feel like people come from here to there, yeah. like back and forth all the time, especially sure. for like concerts and shit. Be like, it's oh, close, yeah. yeah. It's weird, How though. far away is Nashville from here? Four, Four hours. hours. It's not that Nothing. bad. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's close enough to where I should have been recently. I haven't yeah. been in a long time, but. Same. Man, that place is growing quick. It and, is. you know, I mean, I think Indy's growing too, for sure, but. Nashville's where you from? Nah, I grew up in Virginia. Yeah. In like Norfolk, Virginia is what I claim. Um, but I'm from like that area, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake. Nice. What was um, it like growing up up there? Man, it's beautiful. Virginia is an amazing state. Um, growing up near the beach is awesome. Um, and yeah, Vir- like I said, Virginia is beautiful. You got mountains, you got rivers, um, you know, the beach, all that stuff. But to be honest, like, I left there because it was a, it was like kind of creatively stifling in a way. And I, I, you know, it's a long story. Maybe we get into it. Maybe we don't, but I got like asked to leave basically well, over some it. graffiti, <laughs> some like graffiti oh, shit. Yeah. We're going to get you know into what I'm that saying? So sure. yeah. And, and then it's crazy, man. Cause it's, it's, it's actually really relevant that we're talking about it right now. Cause some good homies of mine are back there and they're doing really cool shit. Mm-hmm. And they're getting shut down right now because the people that run that city, like, they just don't get it, man. And they're like, they're cracking down on the wrong things, trying to fix other problems. And, you know, there's like, there's race shit that, you know, is like still ingrained in that. You know, Virginia is one of the old states. Yeah. Like that, They got that old money and like you know what i mean it's yeah when you came from it like where you were at was it kind of small it's in a sense bro it's actually it's it's kind of big i mean and then like you got to think about it too it's like missy uh like the clips timbaland timbaland like all like and then pharrell pharrell like chad from well n-e-r-d these are all like i mean and new people too you got drum that rapper that was yeah 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 broccoli song there's this chick baby sosa that's like baby sosa's from there little ugly man i feel like i know some motherfuckers from there like low key you fuck with little ugly man i fuck with little ugly man yeah bro that was my neighbor growing up like he used to kick it with my little brother that's hard as fuck yeah like and he Bro, one time we were chilling the list with, goes on too. with uh, Trash Talk, and he's telling Lee from Trash Talk, he's like, yeah, Burke's, like, part of the reason I got into music. Like, Damn. he used to come over and, like, fuck around on my drum kit or, like, play, like, mess with my turntables, like, when he was, like, a little kid. That's hard as fuck. Yeah, bro. crazy. Why is that so random? Like, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> random. Small I mean, world, bro. Yeah, yeah. it's weird as fuck. That's hard, though. So, yeah. Shit, man. All right, so what'd you come up doing? What was your first creative endeavors? I started playing music. That's really what, you know, and I always was kind of drawing and stuff, but really what I wanted to do was play music. And, yeah. And I was playing um, music in school, I took some, like, private uh, piano instruction when I was young. My parents were, like, hip to, to like, the value of that. And, um, you know, so, but then around 15, my uncle was, was a DJ at the time, and I saw sort of, like, 
how cool it was to be a DJ in a way. DJs are tight. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I, I traded in my drum set for turntables. Oh, you were a drummer. I was originally a drummer. I used to drum too. Yeah. I was in Bro, drum I, line for like a week. So that's what, <laughs> when you talk about Pharrell, like his high school was my, like the biggest rival. of Like his drum line, that's who we were trying to beat. Like I used to compete against Pharrell and drum line. Like, that's hard. Yeah, because I grew up like, you know, one city away from them, you know? Yeah. I don't think he won too many matches. Yeah, no. Pharrell was shitting all fools. Because, you know, you know, like, that's... I mean, we could get into, like, the Virginia history, but... He, like that EU. He produced uh, Rump Shaker when he was still in high school. I heard about that, bro. Yeah. I heard him say that shit, and I was like, bro, no way. Yeah. No fucking but, way. Uh, Teddy Riley found them off a talent show, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, fuck. a high school talent show, like... It's almost crazy how, like, some shit just be, like, destiny for people. Right? You know what I mean? Some people get really, that juice really. from the jump. Right. But, yeah, right. man, that it was music for me. And, and you know, I was in bands. And, like I said, I was trying to do the DJ thing. And, um, you know, and then... But all the while, I was doing art, too. Like, I would always be the guy in my band that they were like, yo, like, you draw the flyer. Or you you design the T-shirts. Or, yeah. You know, so... And this is around what time of your life when you're, like, full-fledged doing... Already doing too much shit at once. You Man, know? <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. Like, like I said, like I was 15 uh, when I when I started DJing, so I was already playing in bands. Probably at 13, I had a drum kit, you know. And, yeah, that's all. Um, and then all the way through high school, and like, like you said, I did. Uh, like you, you were in the drum line. I was in the drum line. I actually went to college on a drum line. Like, you know, I was that was part of what got me accepted to the school I went to, and. So I marched in college even. That's tight. Um, in a, uh, I went to Middle Tennessee State University. So mm-hmm. we were the biggest band in the country that year. Wow. And, uh, you know, like, so we were, tra- I was traveling and getting paid to play music at 18, you know, like, yeah. It helped pay for my college. And what'd you go to school um, for? I studied audio engineering, like music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's really a big reason that I went there. Said so that was the only school in the whole country that had a program like that at that time, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was an easy, easy decision for me. I just like, that was the only place I applied. I made the drum line. It was like, oh, I'm going there. <laughs> and, you know, so I did, I left Virginia then and moved to Tennessee. I lived there for like seven years and then right after that, I went back to Virginia and, uh, yeah, like that's when, you know, I started doing a bunch of other stuff, um, getting and ended bullshit. up getting, getting asked to leave. <laughs> yeah, like. Well, tell me this, uh, when you started DJing, what was the first, uh, first equipment you bought? Do you remember? Man, yeah, I do. So my uncle, like I said, my uncle was a DJ RIP to uncle Willie. Rest in peace. Probably, yeah. My, Rest one in of peace, my Willie, big man. Willie style. Yeah. My biggest influence probably like in terms of family members for real. But, uh, yeah, he, I remember he was like getting new tech 12s and he was like, you want to buy my old ones? Yeah. And I, and he sold me a PA system too. And that was really like the key to that was like, a lot of people had equipment, but nobody had a PA. Could make no noise. Right. So yeah. I was like the dude with the speakers. You know, it's like how like what Cool Herc or whatever in New York back in the day was like, 
half the reason he was the one playing all the block parties was because he owned the speakers. Right. I know? mean, that's the first thing. It's yeah. like, well, shit, man, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> you so, know? yeah. So I I got these big ass, like, you know, they, they make the same wattage and size speaker about a third of the size these days. But I had these huge wooden cabs that were hella heavy yeah. and this amplifier. But yeah, man, I was like, that's what I got. And uh, I had that. It's the realistic, the realistic uh, mixer, which was like the Radio Shack brand. Yeah, yeah. It's like the <laughs> shittiest mixer you could have. And I'm trying my damnedest to scratch. And like, you know, this th- the faders are like thick and slow. And now, it did was you like, love it? Oh, I, I was I was hooked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I kept like hustling to like save up and buy better gear. And I think, you know, that was like probably the first thing I replaced was the mixer. And you know, I, I still have those turntables to this day just because they got sentimental value. But no, like, around like this time. Yeah, well, and yeah, maybe I'm also a hoarder, actually. But <laughs> I am too, bro. I, I say anything got sentimental value. Yeah, right. And with gear, it's like you never <laughs> know what you're going to need, man. Like, right. So much. Well, I feel like I can't remember shit unless I have it. Right. You know, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I thought I forgot all about right. my life moves so fast. You know what I mean? I lose pictures and I don't remember anything right. anymore. You know? Totally. Um, um, all right. So, boom. Around this time, how was you making money? Like, what was your first job? Dude, my, my, yeah, my first job for real, for real was like, I was a lifeguard, which is kind of funny because if fuck? you, if you see me, you'd be like, yo, this, this fool can't This slam. dude's like 450 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about lifeguard. But yeah, yeah. I was a lifeguard. Can I was you actually, swim? Yeah, I'm, I'm a good swimmer. Fo- he's a floating device. Bro. I was, what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm like a whole ass boat. Um, <laughs> Nah, but yeah, I was a competitive swimmer as a kid. I was really good. Damn. I was chunky then, but I was just a good swimmer. Like, I grew up around the water, the the beach, the river, like, all that shit. My dad is, like, an insanely good water skier, and yeah. we always were, you know, had boats and jet skis and Advantages of living out like there that. around yeah. all that cool natural shit. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, but but real quickly, even, like, kind of through that, I was I started getting DJ gigs and I had like the little mobile DJ service like the pool that I worked at would have like parties and then yeah they would have me DJ the parties so that's the way yeah and like and that was really where I like the first time I was like getting money you know like where I could see my money stacking it was it was from DJing for real fuck yeah um and I worked at an amphitheater as a stagehand I worked at this venue called the Boathouse. It's like a real legendary venue back in Virginia. Yeah. Um, which, you know, like that was cool to me too. Cause I was, that's all I really cared about was like what new album was coming out and who, what, who was playing shows. And I just, you know, I was real into like the music scene, you know? And, I mean, it's so much to tap into. Yeah. It, it, you'll always have something to be excited about. Yeah. Um, when you were going to school for audio engineering, was there anything that you feel like you took from that, you know, that you still use today? Or Man, you feel like it was worth it or not? I tell you what, like, I'm going to be real honest. Like, I think that world specifically, more so than even other things, I think this is true with pretty much everything. Yeah. That shit changes so fast, bro. Like, The shit they were teaching me one semester was there was some new program or something the next semester. And like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It was like, it's like coding. Yeah. It's just constantly changing. Fucking 10 years behind. You could be running a recording studio room 
one year and then the very next year be completely unfamiliar with every piece of equipment. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. But I, I think what I did learn from college was like more like, you know, how to handle your shit how to like that's what college show up how yeah. to get meet a deadline like exactly you know yeah. that's those are the things i learned in college that i still use is like just not being a time piece of management shit. yeah like yeah i mean shit man that i've, I've been in and out of college so many times now and I yeah just feel like i don't know what it did for me besides like made me realize it actually is useful for a lot of people. Like, I feel like so many people be like, fuck college, but I know yeah. so many people that there's, actually do have good degrees. You well, there's know? two sides of it, right? Think, there's yeah. like the, there's the side where you're studying something very specific, yeah. your sciences, your maths, right? Yeah. You know, if you become a doctor, college is clearly very important. Right. right. If you're a recording engineer, you didn't need to go to college at all. You just needed a fucking microphone and an interface. Right. And, a, and enough fucking YouTube searches. Yeah, I was going to say an access <laughs> to And now that YouTube. YouTube exists, you really don't right. need school. Right. Like, Straight up. My girl just ripped my whole backyard up. I, she sent me a picture. She laid a new lawn. She did like all this crazy stuff. And I was like, oh, girl, girl, how did you learn how to do this? She goes, oh, I just watched a YouTube. I'm like, it looks great. Thank right. you, baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube. All right. All right. So tell me about, um, tell me about your, your life as a graffiti artist well, who Man, put you so onto that shit when I was young I had some homies um, I had one home like I met these kids in school they were like man you're always drawing like you should hang with us and yeah. they kind of like showed me and so it started out real innocent you know like we would just draw it on our notebooks and stuff like that but I had a a homie whose dad was into it too Mm-hmm. And he started like taking us to the train yard and like stuff like that at a pretty young age, man. And yeah, I mean, they, Virginia's dope for that. There's like, you know, uh, a lot of it's a big port city. So there's a lot of like trains and kind of that shipping industry. Yeah. And so there was spots you could go and it was very chill. It wasn't like. You know, you're just kind of... It was more like being in nature than, like, any type of street shit. You remember the first time you, like, tagged some shit? You were like, fuck yeah, that was <clears> amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I think... Ah, well, I don't know, man, because I, I I, feel like at, when I was really young, it was like, uh, you know, j- I didn't think too much of it. It was, like, just some shit we were doing. And, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... Lately, I've been getting pretty juiced on, like, doing, you know, some street stuff. And I didn't, I, I kind of was out the game for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I know I was addicted to it, for, like, as, for as long as I can remember, for real, you know. Um, With it being but, so normalized, were, were y'all all getting in trouble and shit still? Like, I know you had to have known it was like... Yeah, no, nah, we knew. Some underground shit. Yeah, we knew for sure. And definitely we would get in trouble at at school or whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, for writing in the bathrooms and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember my dad, like, recognizing my shit, seeing it in the city, yeah. being like, you did that, didn't you? And I had to be like, no. Nah. <laughs> And he's like, no, I've seen you. Like, I've seen that on all your notebooks. And yeah. like, 
it's on your backpack and you know then the wheels start turning you're like oh shit i gotta be a little more yeah below covert with this you know like i was watching these uh dudes i was just on tour we were like i was trying to pass the time drives were so long and bro like showed me this video of these dudes that were like painting up these walls with just like this sprayer Uh and just fucking going off like yeah four or five stories tall insane yeah insane literally insane yeah i love shit like that i mean it's kind of fucked if like yeah. it's yours. <laughs> sure, I think it's like, I think it should be embraced for by a lot of people. Now, um, I do know there's like a lot of controversy. People, you know, tagging over people's shit. And yeah, there's a whole like oh graffiti beef. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever had some graffiti beef? For sure. I mean, I, I, I should. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I have my own little like taste of that. You know, just from hanging out out here. You know, people are. Mad territorial, like they are. You know, I, I even just on a free wall in Indy, caught some, some beef from. You know, had some dudes painting over my shit, talking about like, go back to L.A. and yeah. like, you know, and I get that. You know, it's like when you from Indy and like this is like your city. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, you 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 don't want it like some dudes from out of town coming in, but. I don't know. For me, it's always like it's all love for the most it's part. It's all temporary, and, anyways. Yeah. There was a big thing about this lady that came around here um, from out of town. She was going oh, around yeah. tagging everywhere. Like, yeah. And people were shitty about it. I mean, was she tagging she, or was she talking about the muckrock? Muckrock, yeah. yeah. Muckrock came I through know here. Her. People were like yeah. not happy about that shit. Nah, she did some dumb shit, I think. She you know what I'm saying? She was What was she doing, Chief? She's a she made some bad sure. decisions yeah. mistakes were made clearly yeah and then like people were like well she's getting paid to do shit out here too right. so people were like yo there's artists here as well you know right. uh do you ever travel Which, around and like yeah and, people and, 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 shit and like that's that? the thing is like because i get paid to do that you know and that's like that's what i should really say is like i turn that shit into my job you know what i mean like yeah. i've gotten good money for painting walls you know and um and I think that that's like it's a double edged sword. It's like, yeah, there are local artists and da 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 da, but it's like it's also beneficial to those local artists to have bigger, more internationally recognized artists in the city. come that validate their city. Yeah, and then it's like, and and hopefully inspire people. Facts. You know, it's so really, it's not yeah. like you, there's a there has to be like a healthy mix. Like you don't want all just local because then that don't let anybody really like not every city from it not every city in the country has that recognition as being like an art hub or having like that level of culture yeah or you know what i mean so like having like a nichos for example who had a big u.s tour come through and kind of leave art all over your city it like adds value to your city and it makes you being from that city it like adds value to your art too. I agree. You know I, I mean? want like, people to want to come here, and I want our artists here to be able to go around too. You know, I right, mean that would that's be beautiful. How they, they connect with yeah. artists that are doing that, and so you know, I see both sides. I think it's they're both important. Yeah, I got nothing but respect for all the local artists, and uh, and they're honestly there's some fucking great local artists out here. There's some great, incredible yeah. people out yeah. here. Yeah, so. I mean, um, what are some of your uh, artists that inter- inspired you as far as, uh, I don't know, regular art? 
um, graffiti. You do tattoos. Like you got yeah. like a top, you know, top couple. Yeah. I'm gonna get off you soon because I'm real curious about bro. <laughs> yeah, Vic got <laughs> he got a dope story too. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like what what did really inspire? I mean, I was inspired by a lot of uh, you know, like the old school graffiti stuff. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of like Basquiat. Yeah. I feel like he just had that like raw energy. Um I just watched the documentary on him on Netflix, yeah. I think. And like so my paintings, like my canvases and stuff, a lot of my early stuff was super inspired by him. Yeah. Ambiance candle. And uh, yeah, we got some uh, bro pulled up with some office, some and can <laughs> all right. Let me give y'all the scenery yeah. right now. We are uh out back, we are behind uh outback. No, not outback. We are behind <laughs> we're in the VIP. <laughs> we're just chowing we're down on a blooming section. onion. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of motherfucking uh mosquitoes back here. We're killing it though. I hope this sounds great. Um, yeah, it's gonna have a real natural outdoor sound. Nah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, we out here on the benches, posted. You feel me? If so, y'all, hey, look, if y'all listening, come to Hot Boys, come to World Famous Hot Boys. If you in Indy or one of the other locations, we are gonna talk about soon. Uh, hey, yo, tattooing. When did yeah. you start doing that? I started tattooing. Um, it's been about five years now, so I definitely started that later in my art life you know what i mean i kind of had a career as an artist before i ever started tattooing which i think is is unique in that realm yeah um but yeah i also started you know i had a pretty interesting you know the first tattoo i ever did was like on a tour bus type um, so my my homie uh from florida actually is he's goes by Ichabod Veins. He's part of like members only. He well, got, like X and him? Yeah, he's part of X's crew. He he did Rest the peace, he did the the tree on X's forehead and yeah. uh, uh, pretty much all those. I mean, he tattooed Slump God and like um, man, I'm trying spacing on some of those dudes' names, but like a lot of them. Yeah, he, he was kind of their dude, and he's also an MC. Um, so he like uh how'd you meet him? Man, we knew each other from the art game. Dude's like a he's a graph artist too. You lived in Florida? Nah, but just like I was doing um kind of like when I was during when I was in college and some of the other uh right after that, I was like doing a lot of like live art and stuff with like different <laughs> um spraying this fucking off on myself. We're literally no, passing I, I an gotta, off bottle back and forth. I gotta right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's necessary. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I got myself right in the face. Right. But yeah, man, I met him through, honestly, through like um, doing art at, at music festivals. I was traveling with some like jam bands, like kind of hippie stuff, doing a bunch of music festivals. And he was doing the same thing yeah and we uh we just hit it off and had stayed in touch and yeah he was he was tattooing he knew i was like interested i was like redrawing a bunch of flash and kind of like trying to get into that scene you know like learn about like tattoo art and it's a nervous i'd be so scared bro i'm not gonna lie it was it was wild for sure like he, you know, and and that's, I think, that's what I got from him. 
um, was that sort of like, you know, he that like the 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 push that he gave me was like, bro, just do it, you know, like, yeah. he, and you know, if you if you worry too much about all this shit, like you're never gonna start. And he kind of like broke the ice for me. Yeah. Just like put a machine in my hand and was like, bro, go, you know? That's tight. And so I I, def- I appreciate him for that. But he lived in Florida and I was, you know, I think I was either in Colorado or California at the time. And so, you know, I wasn't around him enough to really learn from him. But then shortly after that, I connected with my mentor, Topo, um, who's originally from Venezuela. He lives in Mexico dude travels all around the world like literally one of my favorite artists period and uh he yeah like we connected in miami at art basil mm-hmm. kind of like told him i was a fan and art basil looks so fun art basil's amazing bro that shit is like we need to go that shit's special <laughs> yeah for real you did you all y'all definitely need to go for real yeah but yeah so i linked with him and he's like he's hella cool, man. And he just like, um, took me under his wing. He taught me a lot and has like helped me travel and get into shops all over the country and hell yeah. Learn how to tattoo. And so, you know, I say I've been doing it for five years, probably been, you know, working with him for about three. So really taking it seriously for the last three. And, um, you know, I, it's something I'll do forever. You know what I mean? It's just it's something you can, bro. Yeah. I feel like it's, I'm still just getting started really, you yeah. know? Um, and I've come a long, long way in that time too. So now you usually, you know, you always have these big canvases or, yeah. you know, all this shit. Like, yeah. Do you normally do a, like smaller flash tattoos or something that, quick, you know? Yeah. That is kind of, I think for me, it's not necessarily about the size, but more like, I'm really into like line work, you know, and like I have kind of, even with a lot of my paintings and and murals and stuff, it's like a sort of illustrative style with really like deliberate, bold lines. And um, that's kind Mm -hmm. of where my, I feel like my tattoo style sits. Yeah. Um, I've been learning um, and getting better at like, shading and i do this like stipple shading which is like allow me to like create you know more depth and stuff in my work but it's still really like hinged on solid line work yeah you know so that's kind of what i would say my my style is but it is ultimately like a bunch of little kind of bangers it's tight is like what you know, that, yeah, that style lends itself to, you know. So. I like it. I want one, Double bro. One. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah. How, how does one get tatted by you, bro? Man, you just hit me on the gram. Yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always, like, all over the place. Like, I be tattooing in San Francisco. I was just in Mexico tattooing. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm and I'm out here. I'm doing tattoos while I'm out here. Shout out to Dane and uh, Fountain Square Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out. So I do want to give a shout out to my boy uh, Ben. Uh, fucking you! All right. Oh yeah, fucking did you used to live with bro? Yeah, yeah. I I put him on when he like he came to to L A. Like I, you know, I think we were like Facebook friends or something, but we had yeah. never met in person. Yeah, and uh, we finally linked up and we we started hanging out a little bit. And um, yeah, he just kind of 
mentioned in passing. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I still got to find a place. And yeah. I was like, well, bro, I'm living with these dudes. Like, one of them is... He was in like pilot school. He wasn't even there. <laughs> That's what he said. So I, I so I just like I was like, yeah, we should ask him if you could just crash there. And yeah, so he moved. We were roommates for shit, probably like a year or something. Yeah, shout out Close to, to Ben, to man. Shout out to my boy Ben out here. Visuals. He's putting that out like first heard of you. Yeah. So it's real weird and full circle right now that yeah. you're like up here because I heard about you. That was like a couple years ago, a few years ago. Yeah, I, I was definitely. like visiting bro out uh, out there. Whenever I go to uh-huh. uh, L.A. or I think he's in like Burbank. I don't know. He'd be yeah. around. Well, he's a, he got a new he got a really sick crib now. His spot is fire. Yeah, he's up in like I think technically it's like North Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know if I would ever move out there, but yeah, he's killing it. He is doing his thing, man. <laughs> yeah. He definitely stays busy, and yeah, I mean, yeah, Ben's the man. He uh, and he he's traveled a bunch and all kinds of stuff too. Yeah, but. I got a podcast with him. If you ever, okay. if y'all, if y'all listening or bored, go listen to my episode with Ben out here visuals. You feel me? All right, cool. So boom, <laughs> my boy Vic. What's good? How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm kind of high. I know. I was like, oh shit, he's smoking. I was finna tell you not to do it. <laughs> nah, we good. All right, bet. so check me out, bro. I am very curious about you. Okay. Because you don't have much of an internet presence, so it was nah, hard nah. to study for this. Yeah, no, nah, I don't. I I try to keep it low key. Yeah, man. Tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, so I was born in Concord, California. It's a uh, little east of Oakland, about 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, you know, I grew up out there. I did a lot of sports as a kid. I used to draw a lot. Uh, nothing like Burke, but. What type of sports you play? Played all types of sports, man. I did uh, football, swimming, water polo. I was like, God damn, rifles. You ever do that? No. I went to a, I went to a military school for high school. Yeah. And I got sent to a military school because so I was a little, I was a little dickhead. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like my, my parents like didn't want to do with me anymore, so they, they just, like, shipped me off. Yeah. Did you hate it? <clears throat> you know, uh, it was uh, it was an interesting experience, bro. I wouldn't trade it in for a normal high school experience. I think at this point, yeah, because it just like gave me a different perspective that a lot of people will never understand. You know what I mean? You think it straightened you in any way, or like got you a little nah. more? <laughs> nah, it definitely. Didn't. I'm still an asshole. <laughs> don't I'm still a yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that's what's up, though. <laughs> nah, but like. It was cool, you know. You you live with these people twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There's like, it's literally all dudes. So like, four years of high school, I was nothing but like twenty four seven on campus, like drill instruction in the morning, PT, like very regimented lifestyle for four years. That sounds crazy. And man. then like after that, it was just you know floodgates were open. Yeah. I had already been like having to sneak off of campus, like, literally, like, sneaking, sneaking out of a prison, basically. Yeah. We would jump this, like, 12-foot fence just to get out. What would you do? We would go down to Tijuana because the shit was in Carlsbad. <laughs> we would literally, we would make fake military IDs, and we would go to Tijuana, and we would hit the, the strip club, and we would hit the strip clubs in Tijuana with fake military IDs because we were, like, we were, like, 15 years old, yeah. and we would just go down there and raise hell and, you know, you you know how it is in Mexico. I don't yeah, know if you do or not. Shit, I don't. I don't. I you don't get know arrested in Mexico, you just give them a little cash. And yeah, you they just, they just your yeah. way right <laughs> out. They, they let you. They let you right go. That's crazy. But like, you know, after high school, I basically went to uh, Colorado. That's where I met Burke. Actually, yeah. How'd you meet him? Uh, we were both kind of doing a lot of the same stuff. Burke was older than me. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, still am. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope. Definitely. <laughs> That'd be weird. De- definitely still older than me. Yeah. Uh, What's the age difference between y'all boys? I think seven I'm or like, eight years? Yeah, something like that. Seven or eight years, something like that? Yeah. Word. But I met Burke. Which is fi- kind of funny because he, he, and he always tells it like <laughs> this too. So when he was in college, we were roommates. Right. And people always go, oh, what college did y'all go to? And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> Burke wasn't in college no more. He was just living with a bunch of college kids. Yeah. Yeah, Burke was so. that dude. You know what I mean? Like, he had a, he, Burke was the cool guy. You feel me? Like, we were in Boulder. Boulder was, at the time, Boulder was a party school, bro. This wasn't no, like, bitch-ass shit like it is right now. This was yeah. a very, very serious party school. We used to go hard. Hard. Yeah. I uh, love that y'all are, like, describing places I haven't been so I can, like, just yeah. try to imagine it. You yeah, know? if you, I mean, like, picture it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, like, we're talking 2008, ain't no COVID or any of that shit. Yeah. Sweaty bodies, just, you know, people were just packing into house parties all over the place. Yeah. We would, you know, set up PAs in the courtyards of these big apartment complexes and just throw these huge parties. There were ven- m- multiple venues at Burke. And like his crew were kind of throwing parties in as well. We we ran that city for like a solid like three or four years. I would yeah. say. Wait, how the fuck did y'all end up living together? So one that, that's actually a funny story. It was like my <laughs> sophomore year, yeah. I think. I I can't remember which year it was for me in college, but Burke had just opened up his storefront. They used to sell clothes that he had designed, as well as like it was him and this dude Alex's like office space for their record label. Yeah. So it was just, you know, it was like a little hub. You feel me? Artists would come in, they'd hang out there, some cool merch and yeah, we'd that do some type of stuff. Stores and they opened like a the store. art gallery. That's tight. Yeah. So it was their store opening. And, uh, you know, Burke was DJing the party and he was shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't get him to make eye contact with you, even if you tried. <laughs> and I walk in, I walk in and I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking around. It's my first time in there. My first time ever meeting Burke or his homies. I had kind of already been kind of doing similar stuff just with like being involved with music and trying to DJ as much as I could. Yeah. So I'm like seeing these guys doing all the shit that I, I want to do all the time. I'm like, you know, these guys, these guys are tight. So I see him. He's shit faced. I'm like looking at all the art on the wall. He, it's a bunch of canvases he painted. Yeah. And I didn't know that, but I asked the person at the register, I'm like, yo, what's up with these canvases? They're big, like wooden, you know, like poly, like board, you know, yeah. like heavy yeah. paint. Were you selling them or you just had them there? No, they were, yeah. I mean, I was selling them. Yeah. You was and hustling. You was going yeah. off there. He was hustling. Yeah. <laughs> he was going crazy. He was going crazy. And I asked the girl that was working the register, like, hey, what's up with these paintings? So she says, oh, it's that guy right there. And she points at Burke. And I go up to talk to Burke. And, you know, I can tell he's a little fucked up. So I'm like, all right, how much you want for it? It was man, I don't know, just uh, <laughs> all right, just give give me a hundred. I was like, bet. Yeah. Sounds good. Gave what was the piece? What was it? He still has it too. It's like in his crib. Four still. feet tall. Yeah. Like a good like two feet wide. It's like this big wooden canvas. I paid him a hundred bucks for it. I think fire. it was like, it's a live painting. It was like now. listed for a thousand. Yeah, think. probably something <laughs> like that. Yeah, he got he jugged me. Yeah. I was feeling nice. I was in a good mood, I think. Big, yeah, it <laughs> shook, shook his ass down, bro. Right, for good for you. <laughs> One of these days I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna be like, oh, yeah, it's ori- probably right. 2000, I'm more than you know, a G now. Two thousand six original Burke visual. Yeah. <laughs> Four grand. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Right. 
Pay me in Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, True. boom. How did y'all move in together? So, you remember that story? Because I remember. This story okay, stressing yeah, probably, me out. I'm not going to lie. To be honest, I was already so on one at this point that, like, Burke kind of just, like, well, you you were living at the blue. He showed house. up and like was there. No, nah, you were. You <laughs> I don't even remember. Bro. So look, so we'll t- like, I'll yo, make him you tell, tell you him about the blue, blue house. house I'll, you can you, tell him about the blue house. But I he was living at the blue house, and I came to a party, and to and for whatever reason, I was in between spots. I was like, this is embarrassing. But I would like, I had a girl that I was living with, and then that wasn't going right, and I was like sleeping in my the space that he's talking about, my, like, storefront. Yeah. You know, I'd either, like, crash with the homie or, like, if I had to, I would go crash there. He was moving yeah, around. You, you do what you got to do. Yeah, and it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was only, a, you know, maybe a month or two that I was, like, in between shit. But That's a lifestyle. That's an artist's life. Yeah, you know? but I, I went to a party at his house at the Blue House, and I ended up spending the night. Like, I <laughs> passed out on the couch. Yeah. And the next morning, he goes... Bro, what you don't got nowhere to live or something? And I was like, not really. Yeah. And he was like, well, you can move in here. And so the blue house, I guess I mean, I'll just for the sake of yeah, go keeping it going. Like, so the blue house was an old preschool that was yeah. literally this giant blue building. It had its own parking lot, like two it, blocks off the college campus, right yeah. off campus. It was and just it, clear, and it they, it was a bando. It was yeah. yeah, like we. But I, the dude w- who owned it was renting it out as a house. I basically like, you know, I was looking for another place to live at the time, and I found I found this spot. No one had been living in there prior, for for a while, and the guy, you know, offered me a great deal, mm-hmm. and there was hella space in there, That's and we nice. just basically subdivided the space up. Yeah, I was in there thugging for real. Yeah. So then, yeah. So literally, he's like, "Yeah, you can move in." I guess, like, that could be your room. And he just, like, <laughs> points like... to a corner. <laughs> so, like, I had to build two walls to, like, actually have a room. Yeah. Framed but it was it lit. I had, yeah. yeah, like, I came in there with my homie. And we, I was like, impressed. I was like, Framed Damn. it up, put up drywall. <laughs> like, it's not bad. Put That's a crazy. door in. The door was the door actually was so a, janky. The door was a fucking uh, whiteboard, like a chalkboard from the preschool. Dude, and I still wow. in, in my room. In my room, there was like a full size like classroom chalkboard because it was the old school. Yeah. So like just in my room, I had like a little doodle spot. It was fucking wow. fire. So bro. like Damn, bro. this house. Yeah. You got pictures of this site? We do. Oh, yeah. I, I could find I got, some pictures of this. Spot. You could probably check my old Facebook or some yeah. shit and like find. Just we had, there was a permanent DJ booth in there. Okay, like, so yeah, so the, this fucking house was crazy. It was about three thousand, four thousand square feet top floor. The bottom floor was like this sex dungeon. I'm, I'm not joking. Crazy it was like this basement, ridiculous <laughs> basement with a chicken <laughs> yeah. coop and a pole where people can like handcuff. It was weird. It was some freak shit. But what was niggas doing to the preschool? No, <laughs> right, right. And that's kind of crazy. Right? And it was weird. That's crazy. But the energy in there, <laughs> hey, the energy in there was surprisingly good. I see why you so, say Colorado is different. Colorado is. It different. is. <laughs> the top floor, we'd subdivided like three or four rooms in there, and then in the in the living room, which was basically like the, the preschool. Old, yeah, like the old like, gymnasium or like like uh, no it's where all the kids would take a nap yeah like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. linoleum tile fluorescent lighting 
like big open space, right? Yeah. It's about 2,000 square foot dance floor. And we put a 10,000 watt stack system in the, in there, in the living room. There was a pool table and we turned the pool table into a 24 hour DJ booth. Wow. And, and we, it was, it was would, literally the yeah. after party spot of Boulder, which I think it still said, is actually, you know, <laughs> I was, think we like made a yeah. permanent unofficial after party spot that still gets used. I mean, I remember there was like, I mean, all kinds of people played there. There was like stories where like I had like real tour managers like hitting us, us up, to, being yeah. like, uh, did so and so leave this at your house? Like, you know, like people were come playing nationally touring touring acts were like playing at the Fox Theater in Boulder and then coming and playing at our house. That's fire. Till like 4 six, 6, seven in the morning. Yeah. Like we were on the corner, so we had no neighbors on one side. Then I don't know who the neighbors on the other side were. And then the whole back was like a giant part. We had our own parking lot. Like, Wait, did you, you could, graduate? Uh, this is, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would have did shit. You know, I, I think I have one credit hour I got to finish. He walked. Uh, I walked. He though. walked. Yeah. <laughs> I walked. What did you go for? I actually went to school for uh, political science and economics, Word. which is like not anything that I ever used again. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's kind of what I, that's why I'm saying what I was saying about college earlier yeah. in, in the talk. Uh, you know, you just kind of start experiencing life and see where it takes you. And like that shit probably ain't going to have anything to do with what you study. But also like half, like half the time, you know what I mean? Meeting people and shit is like just as fun, I guess. Yeah. As making it the experience. Well, worth that's it, a, you know, that's what I took from it. Was like before I went to college, I, I, you know, I, I was a little bit into music, but I never really took music seriously. I started taking music more seriously after, especially after I started hanging out with like Burke and his friends and stuff. Yeah. But you know, that was like a big part of my life for several years. Um. And I started just, like, you know, being more creative in general after I went to college because you just got exposed to so many people doing so much different stuff that, like, it kind of makes you push your own uh, boundaries of what you kind of... Now, what is the peak of your creativity? What are you... What's your medium? Uh, All I see you post on Instagram is food. Right now, it's... Yeah, right now it's food, bro. I mean... He had a popping music career. This dude is a dope producer. He's got, like... You like making beats? I used to make a lot of beats, yeah. Yeah. I I used to make a lot of beats. But, you know, I didn't have, like... I didn't go to college for it. Crazy SoundCloud numbers back in the day. I'm a terrible producer. I try my best. I've been producing since 2017. I've never been good at it. (laughs) You know, it's... I wasn't very good at it either until I, like, forced myself to just do it every day for hours and hours. Sometimes you got to beat it into yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't have, no uh, I didn't, ha- I didn't, well, like, yeah. you know, with Burke, <laughs> uh, Burke, Burke had a, Burke had a background in like drum line. Like Burke is an amazing human being in this sense, right? You can put a random drum machine in front of Burke and let him sit there for a half an hour and he'll make a beat on yeah. any drum machine. It doesn't matter. He just understands that stuff. He just you know Mr. I mean? Everything. Like me, I picked up a drum machine and it took me like a year to learn how to use it. And I, took me like a year to learn how to like properly sequence and like all that stuff but once i learned it i was proficient at it like i yeah, used to make like five or me ten once beats he... in a day what did you use i would use i mean analog hardware like mpcs i would use sp1200 occasionally SP ableton 12. uh Cubase, did you like reason 
fucking yeah i mean Sample that's like the yeah. basis of all hip-hop rap music really it's like yeah being able to pick a good sample for a while actually i for a while i worked with a homie of mine his name is max pliskin and we had this like cool side hustle where we would recreate samples with like vst instruments interpolate yeah, exactly. And like that way they could get around, you know, the copyright problems. Yeah. yeah. That would be so the... like we would literally get tracks stemmed out and they'd be like, you have to replace this, this, this. And we would like recreate these fucking sampled sounds. They would try to do that. Um, they did that shit with that Juice World joint. Yeah. Bro, got their ass terribly. Yeah. Yeah. I forget who it was. What, no, what was that dude's a, name? A lot of stuff does that more than you know. And, and what it is is... Uh, you know, you're, there's two types of copyright on, on a song. There's, like, the songwriting, and then there's, like, the physical recording. Yeah. And so you still are going to owe somebody for the the idea, for the songwriting part of it, the chord progression, whatever, but you won't owe them for the the master, is what, you know, the physical recording. Yeah. So people think that you can just skate on all of the copyright there but you really got it you still got to pay the dude who wrote it yeah. you just don't have to pay the musicians you gotta who come played up. it yeah. you know did you work um, with any other rappers uh like uh yeah definitely i mean i didn't i didn't have like a super popping career in the in the music industry by any means yeah it was it was cool and i was making you know enough money to get by but i think that was kind of like why i switched trajectories i guess but i mean like yeah we worked with like couple people like i did some stuff for juicy j that probably never came out light of, J, light of day yeah uh i mean shit g perico we recorded with at one point before g he got perico famous. Is hard. did you work with draco draco the ruler no yeah. my some uh of, like my old roommate that i used to make a bunch of beats with uh was like very involved with stink team he recorded like engineered a lot of Draco yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a lot of their stuff. I he think, got but... beats with Draco too, though. Yeah, maybe. And Desto Dub. Um, okay, so I now you reminded me, you're from California, but you ended up in Colorado. Yep. What's next after this? Okay, so yeah. After, after Colorado, I moved to LA. Yeah. Because I was, you know, I was actively, you know, pursuing the music industry thing. I got a job running a like the C room of a recording studio in, in North Hollywood, actually. Nice. Um, me and my boy Max, and we were running that room for a while. We were making our own music, recording people. You meet a lot of cool people, a lot of people you yeah. fuck with? Yeah, absolutely. No, like we fucking did some like uh, small stuff recording for like some pretty big bands, actually. Yeah. We didn't record the whole session, but like, you know, as a C room, you get the you get the little stuff. Yeah. You know, but it was cool. You know, artists like Anthrax or like, Gwen Stefani <laughs> would come into this like a pretty popular studio. So like That's tight. You know, some big pop acts and stuff, which we weren't used to working with. You know, we were like making like rap beats, R and B beats and fucking electronic dance music, house music, drum and bass, this dude all that was type making, of shit. Like R and B house shit, like <laughs> back in the day. This is before hard. that shit yeah. was cool. And now you got like Channel Trace and Duckworth going out, and all those dudes making the kind of shit he was making like seven, ten years ago. Fuck it, yeah, bro! Yeah, it was fun. I had, I had a really good time doing it. You know, otherwise I wouldn't have stayed doing it. To be honest, though, I kind of like I fell into like the back end of mu music industry. You know what I mean? I was started doing like 
stage stage managing. and tour managing and stuff like that. This is fun. It is. And like, like I it. kind of figured I had a talent for like organizing people in mm-hmm. that in that way, you know what I mean? And it kind of spilt over into uh, just this basically hot boys. So it's like all right, so how does this get you into food? I mean, everyone's into food, but well, my family's like got like a history of uh, restaurant operation really? in the Bay Area. Yeah, fuck yeah. So like, my uncle, uh, to my you know second uncle, so second generation back uncle mm-hmm. had a restaurant in Oakland back in the seventies. It was called Picasso. It was a French restaurant, and then from there we've got you know, maybe like 10 or 20 even other restaurants throughout my family tree, all mostly in the Bay Area. Wow. And like, you know, that's just what we are programmed to do, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like... I mean, you, it's fucking awesome. You bro. can't escape it type of shit. You yeah. feel me? Um, I grew up in a restaurant. Like, I grew up in a Mexican restaurant. My parents met in in that Mexican restaurant that I grew up in. That's you so feel hard me? to... So like, did you... Uh, all right. Did you have to work all the time for them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. Like I said, I grew up in that. Spot. Would you consider yourself like a, a chef by any means? It. It's yeah. I mean, I yes. I would consider myself a chef. I, I don't usually like saying that out loud because it makes me feel pretentious sometimes. Because <laughs> I, you know what I mean. We make fried chicken. It's yeah. a very uh, humble offering that we that we offer, but it's really good. You yeah. Know, we know what we're doing. It, it is really good. Yeah. It's really good. I only had it once, and it was like there you go. Awesome. Okay. I need nice. to tap in. I need to tap in on one of them burgers. I mean, one of the uh, one of the sandwiches. You need sando. Yeah. yeah, I need sando. All right. So, at what point do y'all end up linking back up? Because you both of you guys ended up back in California. Yeah, he actually is kind of, you know, was I instrumental in <laughs> in me coming to California. I think, you know, I was starting to realize that my time in Colorado had had peaked in a way or, you know, something like that. I was feeling like, um, a little bit, you know, bored almost. Oh yeah. Um, I know that feeling. Yeah. And so I was, I went out to California a couple of times for a little work, a little gig here and there, something like that. And I just, you know, felt like I should be there. You know, the little things were happening where I was like, man, I'm going to have a lot more opportunities if I'm, if I'm out here and uh, Vic was there and he just was like, bro, just come. Like, you crash on my couch. Okay, so let me... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I get so it. So this, uh, this couch that we're talking about was a, like... It wasn't even like a three cushion couch. <laughs> this was a two cushion couch. This was on a love seat. Yeah, this was, I was, this was yeah. a two cushion couch in a 400 square foot apartment. Yeah, and we already talked Venice. about how I'm a big man. I'm also a big man. Yes. I, I myself am six foot three and I weigh three hundred pounds. So everyone at this table is huge. Yeah, yeah this is like a, whoa. that's facts actually. Right, but yeah, man. So yeah, and the guy that he was talking about that he was producing with at the time too um, was like, um, you know, he was he was living there too. Yeah. Um. And so like there was three of us. In like a one bedroom studio in downtown LA. Yeah, boys, back at it. Yeah, we had a we had a air mattress in one corner. Vic had the little room, and then me and the other dude would basically like fight over the couch or the air or the love seat 
or the air mattress. I feel like that's common LA living. For it like, is, man. Yeah. Absolutely. That Especially building for, was for full of that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People that just get it's there. It's hard that, to figure out. Like, that's probably the hardest part about LA is kind of finding your your place, you know? Like, um, well, I can you imagine. Move there and, you know, you need, you basically need like five grand to move to LA. And it's so and spread out. One you, month, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you got to be in the right spot to, like, you could be in LA, quote unquote, but not in the right neighborhood and you're just like missing out on you know how long until you started making a, a good living out there it took me a minute man for real um i did i was lucky enough to like I, um the guy that we talked about earlier um this dude alex paper diamond mm-hmm. um was like an edm producer and he was we owned a label together in colorado we had that store together um and we kind of went from being like business partners to more like him. He kind of gave me a job. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, for real. Yeah. He's, he's a G for sure. Um, and he get, I was his creative director. And so I kind of worked with him on marketing and branding. And I did a lot of, uh, you know, st- art for the live show. And I would man, I would go on tour and sort of manage the, photographers and videographers and yeah you're that, staying busy as fuck. that whole content creation thing like i was like before it that. was called content yeah creation. yeah exactly <laughs> before it was called content creation <laughs> i don't even know what you would call it but it, right but but i was lo- i was getting paid like you know just enough to to live you know it was like as much as he could pay me yeah um because he was doing good but he wasn't doing like crazy numbers um, but it was cool. I, I, you know, I, I was definitely living pretty, pretty frugal for a while. And then he had free rent. So yeah. Kinda, and then I didn't have way. rent. Yeah. I hope you're not paying for the, for the love seat. For the love seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me this, at what point did you guys come up with this? I mean, I'm sure the idea for your own restaurant probably came supernaturally. Uh, you know, I think, well, it's funny. Because we had done it before, we my my uh, cousins and my parents had a, uh, opened a restaurant that we basically helped develop the atmosphere and food menu for. We in you two, me and yeah, Burke. yeah okay. exactly. Yeah, Vic had been trying to pull me in with the fam for a while, uh, just as like as an artist. Because you know, as like a as a person that's like trying to open up a restaurant. You are looking for atmosphere and a cohesive kind of vibe to the place, right? Yeah, branding and that stuff too. And you know, even before the or after the branding, even like the space itself, you know, you want it to feel saucy. You know what I mean? You want it to feel cool. And like Burke is a very talented artist, so of course, you know, I wanted to bring him in to even like throw some paint up. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, we we did that kind of like two years before and it was cool what was we, it would you sell we sold like it was like a burger spot but the burgers were kind of high end and it, you know the cuisine wasn't really like my first choice but um the the atmosphere ended up re- being really nice and the food ended up being very good and awesome. it, yeah the, the business it's still is still cracking the, too yeah it's still very successful. oh it's still up. oh yeah okay yeah. what's it called it's called batch brine yeah. Batch and brine. Batch and brine. Yeah. I like that. All right, tell me this. When you, um, because I I like business, 
I, sure. I like business, I like logistics, I like sure. shit like that, you know, supply chain and shit. Okay. Um, I got plenty of that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we'll spend all you day here. Out, we can do it. <laughs> but if I wanted to start a restaurant, right? Um, you got you got good fucking start on your hands, but you sure. know, when you're sourcing like figuring out location, yeah, you know, if it's still a successful place, how did you find the best location? Well, sometimes like you know, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. Yeah. Right. If you know it's a high foot traffic area and the rent is like reflective of a, you know, high foot traffic kind of place where you're going to get a lot of people that just walk past and walk through your door just because it's where they are. Yeah. You're going to pay more in rent, but it's also going to yield you more business. Yeah. It'll come back. Right. Now, what we did, and this is interesting because of where we're at, where we are right now in Fountain, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all know, y- y'all are from here. Fountain is not downtown. Downtown, you get a lot of foot traffic because they got the convention center, they got the hotels, just random motherfuckers walking around the street all the time. All the time. So downtown, you you're gonna buy something down there or rent something down there for two or three times as much as you do it down here. Mm-hmm. But for us, we try to focus more on community and kind of like fostering a community where wherever we kind of plant our roots. And it made more sense to be in Fountain because even though y'all don't have as much foot traffic or as many people as like downtown, we felt like we could kind of actually create that atmosphere that we always go for, which is like a community driven, very, uh, you know, cooperative thing where y'all help us grow like we help you grow. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to no, that was the way. Um, your first spot that you had, you know, were you were you always having intentions to yeah. end up like this? Yeah, absolutely. Like from the jump. Well, actually, so to Hot be Boy. honest, with Hot Boys, we initially opened Oakland, thinking that we would never open another one. Right, right. That was the that was the first thing was like open up Hot Boys, and we want to make it like this special place. And like the bones of it, if you ever go to the Oakland restaurant, it's iconic. Like, the building is iconic. The paint job is iconic. The atmosphere is iconic. I want to go. It's crazy. You you walk up, and even if it's empty and there's, like, one person there, you just can, like, feel something in the air that's, like, it just feels different right there, right on that block. It's all by itself. There's literally nothing else on that block. We picked the deadest block in Oakland. (laughs) Yeah. I'm serious, bro. We picked the deadest block in Oakland, in all of downtown Oakland. But the building had character, you know what I mean? And, like, it's, you know, it's it's more about we saw the potential of the of that space versus, like, you know, it being, um, you know, some, like, for us, having that skeleton that's, like, a, a something you could expand on is way doper than you know, being in a strip mall that's going to be highly traveled or, you know what I mean? And I'm Something sure like, like when you, when you isolate yourself like that, I'm sure you try a lot harder to make sure it's some shit that people, you know, can, can revisit and, and yeah. find a home. In You're or, trying to create yeah. a destination. Yeah. You know? oh, like, I love that. So I love that. All right. Tell me this. Um, what year did you guys open that restaurant? The, the hot boys. So the brick and mortar itself in Oakland actually opened right before 2020. December of 19. December of 19. Got it. But we were serving as early as like 2018. And in 2018, it was 
my backyard. It was parking lot. It was, you know, what, what just straight pop up. Yeah, yeah I mean, pop up tent, special like, events. My deep fryer was a, was a barrel fryer like this big. That's We're crazy. talking about like fourteen quarts yeah. of oil. You know what I mean? I fuck, bro. Fry like three sandwiches at a time, bro. Yeah. All right. So tell me this: Who came up with the idea for this restaurant? Uh, for like the food that you were going to serve? So Burke had the idea to open up a hot chicken place, or rather, okay, let's start. Let's start from the from the back end. When we opened up Batch, I was very insistent on putting hot chicken on the menu. Yeah. And my entire family told me that. It was too spicy, and no one would buy no it. No one would order it. And no that. one would order it. What was your first experience with hot chicken? My first experience with hot chicken was through Burke, because Burke went to MTSU. You know, he was eating hot chicken before Maybe Hattie back in Nashville. even oh, existed. Yeah. I forgot yeah. you're in Nashville. Right? Fuck yeah. yeah. So, like, this makes you know, so much for a while, sense. Yeah. Like, in, like, 2015, 2016, uh, Burke kind of saw an uptick of, like, Nashville hot chicken. He, you know, that triggers his brain. He's like, oh. I used to eat that shit every week, right? Yeah. So from 2015 on, I basically was, he was in my ear like, let's let's open a hot chicken spot. Let's yeah. open a hot chicken spot. And I well, started and he, compulsively making it every yeah. day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know that. what I mean? Like just at like one making point, fried chicken every day. You can like look at our pictures from that time. Like, oh yeah. If you could, if you could pull them up and it would just be like me with a different fried chicken recipe every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Sending him a photo of it. <laughs> and Dude, like, yeah. you know, for years. And you perfected uh, it, bro. Yeah. It's really good. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's was just, that like a <laughs> how many trials did you go through? Oh my through? god. I Years. Still, bro, I still <laughs> I still tweak it. Yeah. Like for, straight up, like you you'll never notice it cuz like it the shit that I do to it at this point is so minuscule, but like, you know, every now and then I see something I don't like and I'm just like change the way you do this. What change makes it hot? Like so the I mean, the rub makes it, it hot. But, yeah. There is a I mean like there's a little cayenne pepper, there's a little white pepper in the brine. Mm-hmm. So it's in the chicken a little bit, but really like, you know, if you get southern, it's just going to taste spiced. It's not going to taste even like cajun hot. It's just going to taste like it's seasoned well. Seasoned. Yeah. yeah. You know, the the rub on the outside of the chicken is what makes it spicy. I so like the, the chicken gets fried, then it gets dipped. In like a chili oil almost, mm-hmm. and then we shake a dry seasoning blend on it. I like that part, like the so because it's, I've had it's like, different because it's dried hot, but it's not a sauce. Yeah, it's dry ground peppers that we're shaking directly onto it. So I'm into it. It maintains the different. crispiness as oh, yeah. well. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking that, the breading is just also super crispy. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, who came up with like every item on the menu? Is it still developing, or was that like a lot of these have been on there? Man, okay, we so you like, seen we just we just dropped breakfast. Like we got all kinds of new stuff. A lot of the times know? it's the staff, just like you know, like they'll be like messing around and doing stuff, and we'll kind of just go with it and take it a step further or whatever. Yeah, you know, my boy wants to make pancakes or something, and instead we just get a waffle iron and we start serving. Uh, you know, waffle plate, chicken and waffles, or like, you know, the homie makes chicken salad out of chicken tenders. Like, we use that as a special sometimes, or like, fuck yeah, you know, yeah, we wanted buffalo wings one day, so we have this secret menu sauce that's like buffalo sauce, except it's made with what we have in our kitchen because we don't have Frank's. So, you know, you know what's your best like, seller? I mean, the Sando is unanimously the best seller. We're about to reach a million Sando sold. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's pretty fucking me. Dude. And like. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, 
That's awesome. You know, something that goes back to kind of what you were saying about business and, and that sort of thing is like where some of the items that are on the menu are inspired by like ways to have less waste. Yeah. Yeah. Like use every bit of the product that we're getting in and things like that. So that's where you get into like, that's how you run a good business. Like you do something, you see what problems there are. And then you go, well, how can we make this not a problem, but like another item, you know? And so some of the stuff on the menu is that even, you know, speaking of problems, what is the, the biggest problem y'all have ran into doing this? Well, I think COVID's been a huge I was going to ask. The pandemic, from, man. For, we're, what we pay for chicken, raw chicken now, is probably almost double what we paid when we started because of inflation and supply chain and all these things that are results of the pandemic. It's got to be crazy. I heard there's a shortage. There's been multiple you, shortages. You know, what, <laughs> you know what? Hey, there's a few. Uh, to be honest, man, like the most testing shit for me over the last four years has been because I'm I, I'm more operational. You know, Burke does a lot in the, this relationship here with Opoys. Burke does a lot of the branding, the marketing, the PR stuff. Yeah. You know, event coordination. I help with that stuff as well, just like he helps with what I do. But like, you know, he spearheads that end. I spearhead the restaurant operations, the contract negotiations, the leases, the build outs, all this actual other stuff. It's me or it's like my cousin. Yeah. That, you know, like, um, and really the hardest thing for me has been keeping it consistent. How many places do you have now? Four. And that sounds like, you know, it's small, but we started in my backyard five years ago. So like four brick and mortar locations in two different states. We were voted number one fried chicken in the whole state of California uh, by Yelp. So that's like based off of just random people's opinions. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like known as the person that talks shit to people when they talk shit to us on Yelp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we used to take bad Yelp reviews and put them on our story and, like, clown people because, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, that was, like, one of the things that, like, Like, got, some really good ones, there, too. There nah, some, do that shit, too, man. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking shit for? Yeah, and so it's like, yeah. yo, you want to talk shit? Like, because, bro, Somebody I'm, I'm still, like, right. at the time, I was, like, 20, <laughs> I was, like, 28, 27 starting this shit, and people talk shit to me. I'm, like, bro, I'm a dog you right. all over the internet. Hey, eat people dicks. Are gonna eat a fucking, bag of dicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. people are going to hate your guts. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get to just do this right. and just fucking yeah. nothing else happens. Right. You know? So it, it went like that for a couple of years of like, you know, us yeah. roasting people on the internet and like posting world star ask videos of like people throwing milk all over themselves because <laughs> spicy chicken and like it was really like that for years, bro. Like it was a gauntlet. Oakland would used to allow people into this little 800 square foot shack, bro. 800 square feet. That's smaller than this space right here that we're in. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We were cooking a thousand sandwiches a day God damn, out of that dude. bitch. Out of eight hundred. With like twenty five other people sitting there and staring at us like in a crowded kitchens open. Kitchen completely can open. See right like, in. I w- I used to like come like like off of the you know, on the line I would like hand people chicken nuggets like <laughs> over a counter and they would like eat it and I would watch them just like cry. Yeah. Like I've had like fully grown men burst into tears. 
not because it was spicy, but because they loved the chicken so much and the song that was playing like hit a chord with them and they just started fucking bawling, crying. I have a question. Yeah. I've, I've been high as fuck, right? And I look uh, at that Wendy's and I'll be like, how they keep nuggets all in that bitch? You know what I mean? Or like yeah. a Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, man, that line is huge. Yeah. I don't like, how did all these fucking, you know, how they stock up? I ain't never seen a truck pull up to Chick-fil-A. I see the trucks. I ain't never seen it pull well, up. Yeah. So, how did y'all keep a thousand products on hand? That's, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, the, man, it was that's tough. the trick. I know? used to get deliveries for chicken five days a week. Wow. And we would fill my walk-in up, like half of it. Joe Bender right over here used to work there. He can tell you, man. Shut we up. used to we <laughs> every fucking day. We would cut chicken twenty four hours a day. Like we, you wouldn't, you know, that people would get there at seven a.m. and they wouldn't leave until one a.m. Wow. You know what I mean? That's we awesome. Were cutting chicken all day. We were processing it all in house, butchering it from top down, and we were using at one point we were using pasture raised chicken. We switched over to halal because it was just more, it was easier for us. You know what I mean? Like, pasture raised wasn't able to keep up with our the, volume. Yeah, the volume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like, if you could imagine, like, a hundred people crowded into a little, basically somebody's living room. I could right? imagine. I've done that. <laughs> right. But then there being deep fryers right in the I middle. I can't imagine that. It yeah, doesn't like make big, sense. Big 80 pound deep fryers side by side. And we yeah. were like basically like throwing bonuts. I'm not joking. I'm, we, we were throwing bonuts and chicken tenders across the room <laughs> yeah. at people and they were trying to catch it in their mouth like it was fucking Benihana's. Can you explain the bonuts? The bona is a biscuit donut. It's biscuit dough. I want that one. We, <laughs> Chief goes, I'm about to go get some. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It's a biscuit donut, right? We take the biscuit donut, we fry it up like a donut, and then yeah. we, we, we season it with the cinnamon and the sugar. It's beautiful. You feel me? So, like, it's like a cinnamon sugar donut, but it kind of hits like a buttermilk donut. Stop talking. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. I ain't ate today. I've been trying to fast. And then, <laughs> it, hey, if you let them get cold, then they hit like a churro. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, look. Um, I'm actually proud of myself. I made it this far. This interview, I ain't looked at my notes. You feel okay. me? So, we've been fucking Shout killing out to Draco. It. <laughs> he's doing. He's over here doing a great job. Man, thank you both. Uh, all right, I want to ask you because we're like an hour and ten minutes. I don't want to keep you out here forever. Okay. Um, you get into this as as the branding, um, everything. I mean, this is all your shit as far yeah. as that goes. But this is very beautiful, and I feel like I feel like quickly you came here and put that shit together. Very fast. Like, it looks like it's been here for years already. You I know what I mean? That's, you know, I love that you say that because I think that's like... That's the goal. ...what we were going for. Um, And, you know, and then the flip side is too, like, this is very... Like, the vibe of Hot Boys is very genuinely us. Yeah. And so it's not like, you know, we're putting on a front or... You know what I mean? We are like... It's naturally this the the vibe the aesthetic the all the stuff hanging from the ceilings and glued to the walls and that's, that's like, like all from our the shit we're into yeah, you know like, like yeah. you said like I, I might be a hoarder yeah i think he might be a hoarder also <laughs> i am for but sure. we had like boxes of comic books and toys and like you know baseball fig- yeah cards, figurines and final yeah you know so, like I can only imagine. Y'all Chris probably looked great. Our our business cards back in the day, we used to take baseball cards, flip them over, spray paint them, and just stamp them. That's hard. So everyone had a different player on the front. And and then, you know, but now we, 
print them and it looks, and it like, looks a like a baseball that, card. We just print it like But that, we print them like that, you know, because we've, we've outgrown the ability to do it by hand. I love like, how natural this is, bro. It's like destiny. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, tell me this. How did you, you know, face the challenge of such a big task that you have, you know, designing... I mean, you got the logo, you got, you know, uniforms, you got fucking flyers, the the menu. Uh, I mean, that's a challenge. That would take me forever. It works continuously. And I was going to say, it's it's still, you know, I'm still juggling it, you know, and... How far did you get in the first, in the first round of it when y'all first opened up in Oakland, Well, and so, yeah, and so that's, you know, Vic mentioned that. I think, and it's, you know, it's probably, it's kind of funny to admit this, but I don't think neither of us thought of it being more than that store in Oakland. Like the first menu was just painted on the wall, you know? And it was like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So like we kind of were, our mind was like, this is it. You know, we just got to do it here. And so it didn't feel like a huge thing. It just felt like this is what we got to do to get the word out about, you know, what we're doing right here. And then as it's grown, we've been able to like kind of take those things, figure out how they work on a bigger scale and just scale from that. And, uh, but you know, like, I'll be honest, it's like, it's, it's still a lot and, In you know, process. Yeah, and we're mean. still figuring it out and now budget wise, I mean, all right, I have this issue, right? Yeah. Where I see something that I want, like this podcast, for example, right? And in my head, I first think about it. I'm like, all right, podcast. I need a studio. I need a place I can go and have people welcome. Uh-huh. I want it to look the way you designed yeah, it. Yeah, it has there, like you know? a cool backdrop. I can have like videos and like I record every episode yeah. and then it's popping on YouTube. I got sponsors, you know, telling people to go fucking get a honey pack. You yeah, know? yeah, Use the for code. sure. Use the code, big Draco, you know what I mean? It's like, but <laughs> honey pack is it takes true. Damn, you. you had a code? Yeah. <laughs> you, you mean I paid full price? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It. I have a really hard time, like, uh, not psyching myself out before I start, you know, with the basics, like what we're doing here. I'm just like pulling up on my shit in this little backpack the homie gave me, you know? But like for you, you know, you see a big picture and, and it feels like you attacked it all. Yeah. I mean, what, what was that I, man, mentally? I, you when know, you're just like, fuck it, I'll do everything I think of. Yeah, I think somewhere, and I wish that I, I could tell you where it came from, but somewhere along the line, I just, I got that. Like, I don't know if it was from when I was younger and, you know, cause like part of, you know, I had my own, I had a, a shop in Virginia, you know, and I had that DJ business when I was young. Like I just yeah. kind of always have had this attitude of like, if I don't see what I want in the market, like I'm going to just do it. Yeah. And like that sort of confidence of like not, and, and people ask me this shit too, where they're like, dude, you're so successful. Like, Blah blah blah. I'm like, you don't, you didn't see all the yeah. shit I tried that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, hey, that's the real shit right there. Is like, okay, if you're gonna be afraid of failing, then you're not gonna ever do the shit, and then you you still fail, bro. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you wouldn't do shit. So I just had that, like, you know, I'm gonna give it everything I got. Yeah. Like if I try my hardest, then I'm gonna feel good about it, regardless, and. You know, you try enough times, shit starts clicking, you know? Yeah. And there's something to that, what you said earlier about, like, if if there's something that you want in the market that you don't see, 
that, there's your cue. That's you feel the, me? like yeah, that's how you know it's a good idea. Yeah, and I love that you guys like started, you know, in one place, and you can even find demand for it anywhere else. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I often think like fuck, like I like do things in my community first, and wonder if it'll even reach anybody or how I can even serve anything else. You know what I mean? And yeah, I love to see shit just naturally expand. And I mean, look at you guys. I mean, y'all yeah. here in front of me. You know. And, also, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, you know, man. I, it's cool that you guys have been uh, fucking around and, and really locking in with the good people of, of my yeah. city, you know. Um, events have been a, a cool thing about this place. I've been hearing people, yeah, I'm going up to Hot Boys for mm-hmm. this, that, you know, and the third. Hell yeah. Um, is that something that y'all do everywhere where you guys, like, have your for space? Sure. Also, like, it's open for... That's, like, part yeah. of... So, part of our marketing strategy and in general is like organic interaction and you know that that personal connection with the people in the community that we're like servicing you know what i mean yeah in oakland we do stuff often in in sacramento we host drink and draws which is like a you know that's like a artist black book event like a sketchbook sketchbook night night where yeah they come in and they just doodle and you know drink specials that type of stuff that's tight you know over here we just did uh What's it called? We have the um, what's the buffalo? What it, man? I'm I hate that I'm a mess up dude's name, but we got a um, it's like a vintage vin- indie. I think it's classic buffalo. It is maybe classic buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, super dope dude from indie brings out a bunch of like cool, uh, you know, local vendors, local vendors, local, yeah, like vintage homemade stuff, crafts, yeah. awesome. stuff like that. Um, and and then in in Oakland, we just had a we do this thing called the big outside and it's like a kind of, it's based around skateboarding, but it's just a bit, you know, DJs, vendors, lot, you know, uh, dudes paying graffiti, yeah. skateboarding. We got a skatable cost was like a 60 Lancer. Dodge Lancer with a rail built on the, our homegirl Bud Snow. Shout out Bud Snow. Yeah. Owns a skateboard company called Tomorrow Skateboards. They got this car, so we bring the car out. We got dudes like launching over the car. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's and it's it literally like a block party. It's like this very. It just feels so nice because it's it's the community around you coming out and just like taking over the block. Yeah, and like really bringing this shit to life. Like we don't do anything but like plug the speakers in and like put a cone, couple cones in the street. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, tar- I'll tote a bunch of skate ramps around for a day. You right. know what I mean? But I would argue that like, what y'all do is also like, if not more, you know, just as, as equal as the fucking, you know, uh, the food and how good it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I think that you're touching the community in ways that just, the fact that you make great food is just a, a touch on top of well, it. That, like, yeah, that's what we want to do is we want to like, we want to make wherever we are better and we want to fill the void of what we want in whatever, you know what I mean? Like the things that we, we think that, you know, uh, the homie be, just pulled up with some bonus. I know. Exactly. I'm like, whoa, hold up. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look delicious. Hey, no, but, uh, you know, whatever we see, a uh, an absence of, is what we're going to try and provide in the form of like a community facing event or an activation or something like that. Yeah. Fundraising. We do a lot of don't like, you know, charitable donations through fundraising through the same, these same events. So like it all is meant to cycle back into the people that come and support us. I love that. 
Yeah, I think that that part of it's really important to us that, you know, we're a part of the community, not somebody that's, uh, you know, coming to like, you know, make money off the community. You know what I mean? It's like, we're trying to give back as much as, as we can. And, um, and I think, you know, like a lot of it's organic, you know, it's like, we just said, like, we do different stuff in all these different places. Cause it's like, that's what, it's not like a one size fits all, you know, we, we, we throw actively right now, we're throwing parties in four different cities because we have four different locations Mm -hmm. and every single one of those cities has a completely different atmosphere, completely different demographic, you know, different interests. And we try to like be sensitive to all of that stuff and be creative from our own perspective on how we could kind of do something that everyone gets into. How you manage all that shit? You always traveling around? It's tough, Literally. Man. Yeah. We <laughs> always, I'm never at my own house. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of miles on my car, for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. driving between the Bay Area spots, and then I just flew out here. You feel me? So, like, this is my second time out here this year. You plan to be here a lot? Kind of making I'd sure say, this shit don't go yeah, to hell? Yeah, I'd say, like, two to four times yeah. a year. <laughs> and, like, to be honest, bro, like... I mean, we were I'm here for six blowing, weeks earlier this I, year. I was about to say, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting when I say this. Like, I actually really fuck with Naptown, like, I really, I fuck, yeah. especially like Fountain Square. Yeah, it it gives me those like East Nashville vibes, the Oakland vibes, where it's like I feel like it's a strong, strong. It's just a strong place. Yeah, I think the, I think we you got a home here, bro. Yeah, for real. Yeah, we felt like we could be ourselves here. Yeah, like if we had felt like we were gonna have to change this or that to make it work here, we wouldn't have done it. Right. But we came here and we were like, oh shit, we can like. Come here and be like just how we always are, and For like, sure. and everybody will vibe with that. And you know, like that's that's why you know it's we're not I, neither of us are good at like faking it. You know what I mean? Like we we just keep it real. And if it's not gonna be what we how we envisioned it, then we're not gonna do it. You know. I mean, shit, and everybody bullshit me to be, like, going off. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's hard to survive being a bullshitter. Yeah. You, know, you guys are organic. You know, everything that y'all got, y'all earned, and I can really feel it. I really love y'all energy. Um, it's really inspiring. You know, your story is awesome. Yeah. I hope this ain't the only time y'all tell it. I hope so many people get to speak <laughs> yeah. to both of y'all. Vic, you need to post some more, bro. Uh, you got a cool yeah. life, bro. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's gonna um, be me in the kitchen every time. Right, right. Well, hey. I guess I don't want to leave us on here forever. It's been almost an hour and a half. Hell yeah. Um, I want to thank y'all one more time. I want to thank, yeah. shout out to my boy Chief for uh, fucking putting this together because yeah, yeah. I did not even know that y'all were still here until he's mentioned it. Duh. So, um, can so, I get, y'all want to drop socials? Yeah, quick? can y'all can y'all do some drops? Bro? I want to say uh, just a shout out to my boy Jumbo Jet because he's actually, shout the, out to Jay. he's the first dude that played your music for me Fuck when yeah. he was living in California. Yeah. He was. And, and I think, up, you know, at the end of the day, like him, us becoming good friends with him in California is kind of what led to us being here in a, in a roundabout way. So awesome. shout out to Jumbo Jet. Yes. Shout he's out the, to he's the boy. He's dope as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to Jet. Shout out so, to Pikey. Yeah, Pikey's exactly. He's a bitch, but he, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> or Sneak, as maybe some people yeah, know him around here. But yeah, P- Pikey, for real. You know what I'm saying? Can y'all shout out y'all socials and some locations? Tell yeah. people where to get y'all shit. Yeah, man. Everything Hot Boys, world famous Hot Boys. 
Yeah. So Instagram at World Famous Hot Boys. We just started the TikTok this week at yeah. World Famous Hot Boys. Nice. Yeah. The Twitter, and the Twitter, Twitter's got me fucked up because there's WF not enough letters. Hot Boys. So at WF Hot Boys on yeah. Twitter. Uh, and, and then Vic is Batman's father on Instagram. That's, yeah. yeah. Get on there, DM him, tell him post more. Right. You can I'm, follow me, but I only post like once a year. So, <laughs> I'm know. Burke Visual. It's B E R K. Visual, no S, just visual, V I S U A L. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm I'm on Twitter and stuff like that too. But um, and then WorldFamousHotBoys.com. If you're trying to buy some merch or check out the locations, we started in Oakland, um, 16th and San Pablo. We're in Sacramento, 21st and J. Um. And uh, Walnut Creek on the corner of, I don't know this one, Vic, Cy- help me. Cypress and North Main. <laughs> yep. yep. And then fucking Fountain Square, baby. Fountain Square, 1004 Virginia Ave. You know me, Indianapolis, Indiana. And, yeah. yo, we got the full bar here. We got $2 Jello shots. We got a fire staff. Yeah, tell about it. We got, they got like, bonus. Bonus. This is the best yeah. Hot Boys this location. This is low-key the y'all best got, Hot Boys y'all location. Y'all got the alcoholic real, Frosties. So. Yeah. Y'all yeah. got the fucking dope interior, the indoor seating. Y'all got the full. <laughs> yeah, Minions we're, rave we're, on we're the gonna, way. We're going <laughs> to, hey, guys, tap in. Thursday before Halloween, we're trying to throw a Minions rave. Yeah. Okay. Inside of Hot Boys. <laughs> minions rave. <laughs> Prizes so for the best minions costumes. Yeah. That's right. Hey, look, man. Sexy minions welcome. And if you pull up, you might see Draco in that motherfucker. Hey, that's right. That's right. Extra hot Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Hey, look, man. Thank y'all again, man. I'm really bad at goodbye. So I'm fucking I'm uh. short circuit real quick, man. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. And oh, tell yeah. somebody you motherfucking love them today. That's right. Bye.